I know I am so thankful, grateful that God gives us a word before we give the word. And that, um, Jonathan, thank you. Thank you, gentlemen, for your leadership and for calling us to um, gratitude. I want to echo the sentiments that you have already heard today and say uh, to all the mama bears, happy Mother's Day. I know there were years when I wasn't sure, not that I'm 100% confident today, but there were certainly times in my 29 years of being a mother that um, I didn't know if I was really doing a good job. And uh, along the way, God would appoint someone to just come along. I remember one Mother's Day, uh, we were worshiping in another facility, and uh, I was feeling very discouraged as a mother that, that Sunday morning, but um, I'm a preacher's kid, I'm a first lady, and I can brave it well. And so you couldn't tell, but inside I was, ooh, it was not good. And a, a gentleman happened to sit next to me and uh, whoever was leading the service invited um, people to, you know, hug someone. And he just, by the spirit of God, whispered in my ear, you're doing a good job. I don't think he knew my kids. He certainly didn't know what was going on in my house, but I needed to hear that today. And so I want to say that to you moms. You're doing a good job. Amen. You're doing a good job. You are doing good and faithful work. Keep going if no one else tells you that today. And that's why I think it's so beautiful that we do take a moment and acknowledge the mothers in the house of God. As we also acknowledge that for many, Mother's Day is a day filled with grief for many reasons. For those who hoped that they would be a mother and they are not yet, physically that's not been manifested. Or for those who feel discouraged in their role, for those who uh, don't have their mother with them anymore. And I believe there's a place for all of that. And I say that all of that, there's room for you in the house of God. And for you mothers who aren't going to hear from anyone else that you are valuable. You know, I started my day with a beautiful card. When I, when I think Chris Williamson can't give me a more beautiful card, then he outdoes himself. And I also will add, then as I complimented and told him how beautiful, <laughs> he whispered in my ear, it costs $9. So, you know. I love my man though, I love him. And I love that we've been married long enough that he doesn't mind telling me that because you know I would see it in, in the account anyway. But I love the beautiful card, it was stunning. And the beautiful orange roses that I started my day with. And so for those who did not start their day with love, I, I wanted to say as a mother to all of you that you are loved. And I'm so grateful, whether you're a mother or whether this day means anything to you, that God indeed loves us with love so powerfully um, that is manifested to us just like the love of a mother. Well, I am excited to share this word with you today. Um, I want to start us off with um, acknowledging God and asking him to give me help as I share with you the words that he has given to me. So bow your heads with me in prayer. Oh God, our heavenly father, our good, good father who loves us also with love like a mother. We give you thanks for this day, God. And we thank you for this opportunity to hear from you. 
And as your servant, I acknowledge that the things that you have put on my heart, the things that I am excited to dive into with my sisters and my brothers, I acknowledge that those gifts come from you. Lord, may I carefully handle and teach your word. And may everything that I say and do bring you glory. And God, I know that you appoint us to come to church and you uh, appoint us and allow those who are watching to take in this message today. And I pray that it will be an encouragement for them, for all of us, in all of our seasons, all of our ages, wherever we are in our chapter of life. I pray that this word today will be an encouragement. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. In 1865, a French political, intellectual, and anti-slavery activist named Edouard de Laboulet proposed that a statue representing liberty be built for the United States. Many of you already know what I'm talking about, and I think our brothers are going to put it up for us. It is Lady Liberty. We call her the Statue of Liberty. She was forged in French in France, and she's officially titled "Liberty Enlightening the World." And she's widely recognized as a symbol of freedom and democracy. And uh, you know, she's holding a tablet in her left hand, and uh, it's engraved with the date July 4th, 1776 in Roman numerals that highlights her role as a representation of American freedom. Um, seven years after the statue was constructed, Ellis Island Immigration Station opened as the main Atlantic port of entrance to America. And Lady Liberty welcomed more than 12 million immigrants uh, at that time to the United States, sharing a vision of freedom and opportunity. And those immigrants were greeted by those empowering words that many of us know, give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. As a reminder of the determination and the resilience of the American people. Well, Lady Liberty is a gift that was given to the United States from France. And she reminds me of a beautiful gift that I was given as I grew up, my parents gave me the gift of reading Proverbs on a daily basis. And whether you already have a devotional pattern that you use or not, um, that is something that I would encourage you to also consider adopting. I, I went to the proverb for today. Today is May 14th, so Proverbs 14. And as I just glanced at it this morning, I was reminded of one of my favorite verses, uh, the first verse that talks about a wise woman who builds her house and a foolish woman that tears it down with her own hands. And that has always fascinated me that you know, a wise woman would build her house. And I love home building shows. And, you know, in 29 minutes, they accomplish, you know, a year's worth of work. And I love watching that. But it's fascinating to think that a foolish woman would tear a house down, her own house with her own hands. And that's always convicted me to ask myself, am I tearing down my own house, this temple that God has given me, or my own house, my home that God has given me with my family or my own home, my church, or what have you. And so I encourage you, um, and I give you that gift that my family gave me of reading those Proverbs every day. Um, today we're going to explore another lady. Now, this lady doesn't stand on the harbor of New York. 
But like Lady Liberty, she is a symbol. And we see this woman all through the Bible. She invites us to life. Now, I put up a graphic saying, who's that lady? And I have to bring you into, again, the humor of our house, because as I said to Chris, you know, I think I want to title this sermon, Who's That Lady? But, you know, I know folks who know that song are going to be thinking a certain thing. And so I don't know. I don't know if I want them, like, thinking about that, you know, during the, the sermon. He was like, oh, I would use that title. And I was like, yeah, I, I know you would. And I thought, well, then I'm going to be free to use that title, too. So who's that lady? Who's that lady? Well, let me give you the answer, not the song, but the answer. That lady is Lady Wisdom. And we're going to explore her today, and we're going to camp out in the book of Proverbs. But I want you to know that wisdom is a theme that is rich throughout Scripture. And there are four things we're going to look at about wisdom today. We're going to, first of all, look at wisdom's source. So where does wisdom come from? And then we're going to look at wisdom's call, because she is calling, and she is calling loudly and consistently. And then we're going to look at wisdom's warning, because she has a lot of warnings to give to us. And then finally, we're going to look at wisdom's value. Now, before I dive into our first point, it's important to define what is wisdom. And, you know, there are lots of definitions if you looked up, what is wisdom? Well, a few that I want to offer. Webster defines wisdom as knowledge and the capacity to make due use of it, okay? Merriam-Webster says wisdom is good sense, insight, or judgment. That sounds like something that grandmama would say, some good sense, common sense. I'm going to just throw in my definition, and it's really simple. Wisdom is what you do with what you know, okay? So I'm just going to throw that one in. I'm not Merriam-Webster, but... You know, this is what Darina is going to offer for us today. Um, Let's start with our first point, wisdom's source. Where does wisdom come from? Since we're Strong Tower Bible Church, I'm going to be reading a lot of scripture today, and I hope that's okay. But boy, the first few chapters of Proverbs is so rich with words of wisdom. And so the first chapter, Proverbs 1-7, tells us, and I think we're going to have that one on the screen, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. So where does wisdom come from? It comes from the fear of the Lord. Now, the fear of the Lord is not being afraid of God like, oh, I don't know if I want to get close to God. No, the fear of God is a reverence. It is holding God to his word and taking God seriously. And so that kind of reverence and fear of God is where wisdom is sourced from because wisdom comes from him. And that's the next thing I want us to see in Proverbs chapter 2, verse 6. That passage says, for the Lord gives wisdom. And from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. So there you have it. We could end the sermon right there. For the Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. So if you're looking all around you in culture for wisdom, but 
you haven't gone to God, then you're not diving into the primary source of wisdom. And God is generous with wisdom. If we go over to James, James tells us that if you lack wisdom, ask of God. He'll give it to you liberally. It's not like he's like, well, I'm just, I'm just going to give you a little dab like, because I have a whole lot more over here for Chris, Darina, or I have a whole lot more over here for Dante. I don't know if I have enough for you, Darina. No, God has generous wisdom to give out if we just ask him. Okay? So we've seen that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and then we see that the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth. Let me read a few more passages about the source of wisdom. This is Proverbs 3, 19 and 20. And it says, the Lord by wisdom founded the earth. By understanding, he established the heavens. By his knowledge, the depths were broken up and clouds dropped down the dew. And then in chapter 8, this is what God says about wisdom. I have been established from everlasting, from the beginning, before there ever was an earth. When he prepared the heavens, I was there. When he drew a circle on the face of the deep, when he established the clouds above, when he strengthened the foundations, the fountains of the deep, when he assigned to the sea its limit so that the waters would not transgress his command, when he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was beside him as a master craftsman, and I was daily delight in him, rejoicing always before him, rejoicing in his inhabited world. So wisdom was there at the foundations when God was creating the earth. Wisdom was God's companion. So whether people acknowledge it or not, God is the source of wisdom. Now, some, I could hear some of you saying, well, should we only go to Christian people? Or what about wisdom that's outside of the Bible or outside of God or people who don't acknowledge who God is. Well, the beauty of who God is, is he rains down on the just and the unjust. He liberally gives wisdom to any and all. He doesn't just give wisdom to people who know him because the Bible says that the king's heart is in the hands of the Lord and God turns it however he will. So whether someone acknowledges God or not, he crowns wisdom on them. Therefore, we can seek wisdom all across the world. We don't just have to limit ourselves to wisdom from people who know God. Now, secondly, I am so excited about this point because wisdom is calling. The question is, are we listening? But I want you to know that wisdom is calling out and it is a powerful theme throughout Proverbs. Let's go to Proverbs chapter one, verses 20 and 21. And I love this so much. It says, wisdom calls aloud outside. She raises her voice in the open squares. She cries out in the chief concourses at the openings of the gates in the city. She speaks her words. Wisdom calls aloud outside. I want you to notice she raises her voice in the open squares, the chief concourses, openings of the gates in the city. So you're going to see this theme that wisdom is at the accessible places. She's at the places where she knows people are going to come by. Proverbs 8, beginning at verse 1, says, Does not wisdom cry out? And understanding, lift up her voice. 
she takes her stand on the top of the high hill beside the way where the paths meet. She cries out by the gates at the entry of the city, at the entrance of the doors. To you, O men, I call, and my voice is to the sons of men. O you simple ones, anybody say that's me. It's all right in the house of God to say that's me. Understand prudence, and you fools, be of an understanding heart. Listen, for I will speak of excellent things, and from the opening of my lips will come right things. Now, in this passage, we see wisdom's crying out. That's not quiet. You don't cry out like this. You cry out like this. Wisdom is loud. And this verse, these verses say that she's taking her stand at the top of the high hill. She wants to be noticed. She's beside the way where the paths meet, the gates of the city, the entrance of the city, the entrance to the doors. It's like she's waving her hand and raising her voice and saying, listen. Now, the key to this, though, is you have to know you need wisdom. And that's the problem for a lot of us. We live in a culture that tells us we're supposed to know it all. And since it's Mother's Day, let me just, as Chris would say, calm down your street, mothers. Because there's this popular mantra we hear, mother knows. Over the last few years, maybe it's because I'm a little bit of an older mother. Maybe when I had one child and read several books and thought I knew a lot, I thought, that, that, I really like that mothers know best. I think it's meant to, to say to children to value the things that their mothers say to them. But I, I kind of gently push back on that a little bit because I think the subtle message in that, by the way, that it's not found in the Bible. I, I don't know. Chris, uh, Pastor Kiever, if Mother's No Best is in the Bible, you can definitely enlighten me. But I think it, it's supposed to make us feel comfortable. But the thing is, and kids, this doesn't mean you don't listen to your mama. So don't y'all take a pass and say, oh, I don't have to listen to you, mom. That is not what First Lady is saying today. But what I am saying is, mothers, free yourself. You don't always know what's best. How can you? You're not all wise. So maybe the Mother's Day message for mamas is, I don't have to know it all. But guess what? It frees you because there's someone who does know it all. That's good news. That is good news. And fathers, you don't have to know it all. And teachers, and we can go on down the line. We, we don't have to know it all, okay? Wisdom is calling out. And so there's a place for freeing yourself and saying to your children when they ask you a question, I don't know. Maybe we need to bring that into more of our vocabulary. I don't know. But you know what? Let's go find out together. Okay, I love to encourage families when we, when we get into these conversations about justice, especially with children, and they are coming to us because we are the first teachers, we're the primary teachers, and there's this assumption that mom and dad, I'll ask them the questions because surely they know it all, but we don't know it all. Boy, am I still on a learning journey. There's so much I'm still discovering, and I'm so grateful that there have been times I've been able to say to my children, I, I don't know, but I want to learn about that too. Let's learn about it together. So, 
This passage is reminding us that wisdom is loudly lifting her voice. She is, she is calling out at the prominent places. She wants to be known. But you will not hear her call if you think you know it all. And you also will not hear her call if you're not listening. Chapter 9, verse 3 says, she cries out from the highest places in the city. There we go again. It's a theme. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. As for him who lacks understanding, she says to him, come eat of my bread and drink of the wine I have mixed. Forsake foolishness and live and go in the way of understanding. Wisdom is making herself heard and accessible. Another one of my favorite verses, chapter 9 says, Wisdom has built her house. She has hewn out her seven pillars. She has slaughtered her meat. She has mixed her wine. She has also furnished her table. Wisdom is setting a place for you. She's going through a lot of effort for you, okay? Building, setting a table, mixing wine. It's like this idea of a banquet, something lavish. That's really, really good for you. But... As much as wisdom wants you to receive her and to listen to her and to enjoy her because she's calling out to you, our third point is wisdom's warning. Because wisdom doesn't play. Okay? Proverbs is filled with warnings. And if we start again in chapter one, the last part of that chapter said, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. They don't want to listen. They're despising it. They're hating it. Proverbs chapter 2, verses 12 through 14 says, To deliver you from the way of evil, from the man who speaks perverse things, from those who leave the paths of righteousness, of uprightness, to walk in the ways of darkness who rejoice in doing evil and delight in the perversity of the wicked, whose ways are crooked and who are devious in their paths. Wisdom is warning us. Wisdom's telling you, I'm trying to keep you from evil, from folks who are delighting in doing evil. This isn't just, oops, I made a mistake. This is like, I'm excited about going down the path and doing things that we know are wrong. Wisdom is saying, if you're listening to me, I'm trying to warn you away from that. Chapter 4 of Proverbs, verses 14 and 15 says, Do not enter the path of the wicked, and do not walk in the way of evil. Avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn away from it and pass on. <laughs> For those who um, like to go right up to the edge and you know you can fall over and you're like, well, let me see. Did I get my foot? How, how close can I get in to, to fall? Maybe if I go like that, maybe I... Mm -mm. Wisdom's like, um, don't enter the path. Don't walk in the wave. Avoid it. Don't travel with it. Turn away. Wisdom isn't saying, see how close you can get to it. Wisdom is saying, you see that that is up there, right? You get as far away from that as you can. 
Wisdom is warning. And this warning is not just for young people. Because we know that uh, some of us who are a little older in years need some reminders to walk in the way of wisdom as well. Chapter 4, verse 25 says, Let your eyes look straight ahead and your eyelids look right before you. Ponder the path of your feet and let all your ways be established. And then when we get to chapter 5 of Proverbs, like I literally could read you the entire chapter. And let me say, if you are someone that is unfamiliar with the Word of God, I'm so glad that you're here in the house of God, and I'm so glad you're in this house, because we prioritize the words of God. And God's Word in Proverbs chapter 5 is, uh, shall we say, maybe not, some of it is maybe not stuff you would want your like four or five-year-old to read on their own, because the Bible gets really frank. Like, if you want to know about... Um, you know, what kind of choice you should make about sex, about alcohol, uh, how you handle money, how you handle business, what kind of friends you should choose. Like, it's all. It's all in Proverbs. And the first couple chapters, you know, Proverbs gets really, you know, real, real. Like, okay. Um, <laughs> so I want to just give you a couple snippets from chapter 5 in case you've never read Proverbs 5 or maybe it's been a little while. And I would hope that after this sermon, you will go, man, I want to go read these first few chapters. That's a trip. But God is really breaking some things down. Listen to this. Chapter 5, verses 3, warning. For the lips of an immoral woman drip honey, and her mouth is smoother than oil. But in the end, she is bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword. Hello. Uh, it continues in that chapter saying, if you follow this immoral woman, your feet are going to go down to death. Your steps will lay hold of hell. Don't go near her door. You can't get any more frank than that. And then it says, therefore, Proverbs 5, verse 7 through 9 says this. Therefore, hear me now, my children, and do not depart from the words of my mouth. Remove your way far from her and do not go near the door of her house lest you give, listen to this, your honor to others and your years to the cruel one. Proverbs is warning us, if you go down certain paths, you are literally going to lose life. Literally. And Proverbs is not playing wisdom. It's like, I'm trying to warn you away from that path because I know if you go in that direction, it's going to cost you so much. And I don't want that for you. That chapter goes on to say, you're going to mourn if you go down certain paths. You're going to mourn when your body is consumed. And you're going to say, how I hated instruction. I didn't obey my teachers. I'm on the verge of total ruin. Wisdom is calling you. She wants you to stay focused. She wants you to be alert and aware of the temptations that want to deviate you from the path of life before you. And a lot of it is connected to who you're listening to and who you're hanging out with. 
I noticed when I was reading this that wisdom's call and wisdom's warnings are connected to words. Death and life, the Bible says, are in the power of the tongue. And you know, lots of people out here want to give you advice. What kind of job should I take? Oh, girl, you ought to just... What, what kind of car should I buy? Oh, I'll tell you, you need to bump, bump, Where should I live? What should I buy in the grocery store? Oh, you need to, because I... And I want to just insert here and remind us that wisdom isn't exactly the same as advice. Okay? Just because something sounds good for you doesn't mean it's for you. And again, wisdom is what you do with what you know. And sometimes wisdom is also when you get good advice from well-meaning people. And I've been one of those. I'm sure I've given some of y'all, told you all you need to be doing with something. You didn't need to hear from me. Sometimes we do that to make ourselves feel better, right? Make ourselves, oh, I know something. Oh, I'm very studied in this area. I can tell you what to do. But my advice for you may not be God's wisdom for you. And so wisdom is even in knowing when people are giving you advice and telling you things that sound good. That's again why we ask of God. God, is, is that for me? Is that wisdom for me? And maybe it's not. And then you just are thankful for that person that shared with you what they did. And you walk in the wisdom that God has given to you. Okay? I love chapter 31 of Proverbs. We, we talk about it being the, the Proverbs 31 woman. But one of the things that I love about that chapter is in verse 26 where it says, she opens her mouth with wisdom and on her tongue is the law of kindness. And I want to just give this to you who are parents or who um, in, are in roles of authority over children. You may be teachers, um, those who are working with our children in the back. Um, parenting or leading children with Proverbs is, is a good way to go. To both tell them what they should do, but also give them the warnings of what they shouldn't do. Some of us were raised with, because I told you so. Don't go on the street. Why? Because I told you so, and that's it. And I am not discounting that. But I am also going to say that we're in a generation now where not all children were raised like that. And some of our children need some come let us reason together. So let's sit down. And now, here's what I'm going to tell you. You don't need to run in the street, and I'm going to tell you why. Because cars drive in the street. And you know as much as we love cars? They're supposed to be right driving in the street. And because you're a little person, they might not see you. And I don't want you to get hurt. Now, that's not instilling fear in children. That's inserting some wisdom. That's telling them the why behind. And when children get older, maybe not just saying, you don't need to be underage drinking. But you know what? Proverbs has a lot to say. Boy, over and over you see this theme, my son, my son. 
my son, if sinners this, my son don't this, my son. It's very much a father speaking words to his son, words that we all can receive. But I think it's a wonderful reminder for us who are parents or leaders of children that we can speak to them as a son, as a daughter, and say, you know what? Drinking underage is not only not a good idea, even if your peers tell you that's a good idea, but you know what? You're still learning how to handle decisions. And you know what? When you get filled up with that, this isn't anti, you know, uh, being responsible, but this is to, to say to our teenagers as they get older, um, you know, sometimes some bad decisions come along with that. And I don't want you to be putting yourself in that position, especially for our girls. And so you know what? We're going to just level. We're going to keep it real. And it also might mean sharing where you didn't make wise decisions. Sometimes we feel like we want our kids to think we did everything right every day of our lives. And you too should do that as well. But some of our children need to benefit from the things that we didn't do well. The choices we made that weren't good for us. Tell them within reason or as the Holy Spirit leads you some of the cost. Because that too is a word of warning. Man, you know what? I thought that that was a wise decision for me. I wish I hadn't done that. I'm thankful for God's grace that made those crooked paths straight. But you don't have to learn things the hard way. Let's debunk that. You don't have to. You don't have to. You can learn from those who deposit those words of wisdom to you. Not instilling fear, but reasoning for children today who are bent on pushing those boundaries. That wisdom is giving them something more. Now, let's head to where our closing by talking about wisdom's value. And to do this part, I wanted to do a little bit of an object lesson. And so I'm going to ask my girls who I asked ahead of time if they would just come up and join me for a second. Chris, if you'll pass me my little uh, props bag here. I literally wanted to uh, illustrate to you all the value of wisdom. And I'm so grateful that my daughters and my daughter-in-love and my nieces were willing to join me for this. So wisdom is personified in several ways. And so I want to personify, and I'm going to have y'all laugh again because I love to keep it real. I literally asked Karis, Karis, do you have some cash? Mama never keeps cash. I'll be giving it right back to you. I won't keep it. So this is Karis's cash. I'm giving it right back to her. And we're going to pretend like this one, two, three, four, five, that each of these represents, we're going to aim high. Each of these represents a billion dollars. This is going to represent the great riches as we talk about wisdom's value. Wisdom is personified as great riches. So here is great riches for you, my dear. Wisdom is also personified as a crown of beauty. And I want to give this to my beautiful daughter in love. Wisdom is a crown of beauty. I hope it doesn't fall off, but if it does, it's all right. <laughs> wisdom is also personified as great rubies. Now, we have to get really creative because the Williamsons don't have great rubies. So I just gathered one of my husband's beautiful ruby-looking uh, chains here, and uh, we're we going we gonna to let that do the job. 
great rubies, though. Costly. You don't just find rubies when you just go to Walmart. Rubies are, are precious. They cost a lot of money. Wisdom is also personified, chase, as costly silver. A little bit of bling, a little bit of silver bling. And finally, for Chandler, wisdom is personified as being a garland that graces your neck. Sorry, Chandler, I should probably should give these to Avery. It might feel a little itchy. Take them off as soon as you turn around. And, <laughs> but I want you all to see the value of wisdom. Wisdom personified, and we'll read some of these passages, but as a crown of beauty, as costly silver, as costly rubies, as great riches, and as a garland that will grace your neck. Over and over and over, we see this theme of the value of wisdom. Thank you, girls. Thank you. You all give them a hand. Thank you. You're good. You can keep it and I'll get it back from you later. I know where you live. It's all good. As we start talking about wisdom's value in chapter 3, verses 13, 13 through 18, Proverbs says, happy is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding for her proceeds are better than the profits of silver and her gain than fine gold. So we see her value here. She is more precious than rubies and all the things you may desire cannot compare with her. Length of days is in her right hand. In her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her. And happy are all who retain her. Wow. And then we read in chapter 4, verses 5 through 9. Get wisdom. Get understanding with exclamation points. Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her and she will preserve you. Love her and she will keep you. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And in all you're getting, get understanding. Exalt her and she will promote you. She will bring you honor when you embrace her. She will place on your head an ornament of grace, a crown of glory she will deliver to you. And on and on and on, brothers and sisters, these words and Proverbs remind us of the value of wisdom to value seeking for her like you would seek for gold. If someone told us, there's some gold out in this yard, just like the kids a few weeks ago were looking for eggs and they were searching, like they were, they, they were searching for gold because there were some golden eggs. But if someone told us there was gold out in this yard, oh my word, you wouldn't just go and go, huh, let me see if I see a little gold. You would be taking your fingernails, manicured or not, and digging and finding tools because you are what? Searching for something valuable. So you need to know as the source of wisdom comes from God and as wisdom is calling out in accessible places and as she is warning you to go in the right path, she is also so very valuable. Now we've camped out in Proverbs, but God's word is so much more to say about wisdom. Um, wisdom was part of Jesus's life. 
And we see that in the first chapter of, of Luke. Um, and then also in Matthew that tells us that he increased in wisdom and in stature as a young boy. And then we also see uh, as Jesus was beginning his ministry and went to one of his synagogues in his own hometown that they were marveling like, where did he get all this wisdom from? And it's inferred in that passage that they're like, now we know his mom and his father and his siblings. Like, how did he get all this wisdom? Unfortunately, they use that to be offended and to be taken aback by his wisdom. And because of that, Matthew 13 tells us that he didn't do many miracles. And he said, a prophet is without honor in his own hometown. It was in the context of that passage where they were marveling and a little disdaining the wisdom that crowned Jesus because he wasn't coming the way they expected. But wisdom was a part of Jesus' life. Let me close by... Um, telling you a moment of wisdom that was very precious to uh, my family. Um, our daughter, Krista, who's going to be watching this later on. When she was 18, um, and at that collegiate-focused uh, moment of her life, as many of our young people who were headed to college, and um, Krista had always um, gone down the, you know, looked for the unusual and the creative, and there were times as a parent where I was just like, this one, oh Lord, this one right here. I just, I don't understand. Like, I don't know how to parent this child. She doesn't follow all my instructions and the blueprint that I have laid out for her. And that was part of the problem really was that I was trying to not walk in wisdom as a mother. We came to 18 and we thought she was just going to make the automatic, you know, path to college as many children in this area do. She had good grades, good ACT scores. And every once in a while she would mention this whole New York thing. And Chris and I, honestly, I'll just confess, we really didn't take it seriously. And a lot of that is because we couldn't envision that path for her. Um, but we had a crisis moment when she was about to sign the dotted line for one of the local schools. And she broke down. And she and Chris and I had a come to Jesus moment. And she just really, like, laid it out. I really feel like I'm supposed to go to New York. It's in my heart. I'm not passionate about going to college. I want to go to New York. I want to study fashion, do something in the arts. That's what I want to do. And so, so wisely, her father said, why don't you fast? You know, when, when I've had to make some really critical decisions in life, not like what cereal am I going to eat today, but like some major like life-defining decisions, he was like, he talked to Krista about some of his journey. He said, I fast. And you know what, Krista, I'll fast with you. And so Krista and Chris fasted together, and a day into the fast, she called me from work and said, Mom, as I've been praying, I feel like God is saying I should reach out to Miss Leah. And I don't know if Carol Walton is in here today. I know she watches online often, but uh, her daughter Leah had been a member of our church for many years and had relocated to New York and was working for a ministry in New York. And whenever Leah would come home, we'd get to hug on her and she and Krista would have fun conversations. And Krista said, I think we should reach out to Miss Leah. And I said, I think that's an amazing decision. Again, the Lord was already bringing some clarity through the fast. And we all applied ourselves. We're gonna pray for God to give wisdom because we want you to follow the path God had for you. And part of that journey as parents was us being freed from her following a path that felt right to us. And what we thought when people asked, what is your child doing? You who have parents, who are parents in that age, you get that pressure, like, what's your children doing? Well, mine is, we had to free ourselves from that because we didn't know what God's plan was 
for this child. Fast forward, we reached out to Leah. Leah said, I would be happy to talk with you guys. We set up a conversation, and I'll never forget sitting on my bed with Leah on, um, on, on the call. And uh, it was on speaker, so I could listen. And Krista had brought on a pad, and she shared with Leah, I want to go to New York, and I'm not sure, we're not sure what this could look like. And I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that Leah laid out a blueprint for Krista. And it amazed me because I, as her mother for 18 years, could never have envisioned the things that Leah laid out for her. She laid out a sample budget. So this is how much. And you know, you don't have to have a car in New York. So this is how much it would cost for you to take public transportation. And this is where I live. And if you, you know, have some roommates as a single young woman, this is about how much you could expect to pay in the area that you've already researched. Because after all, the kid was researching. Like she was doing her due diligence, right? I want to go to New York. What's this going to look like? She laid out such a beautiful path of wisdom that neither of us as her parents could have imagined. And fast forward a year after that, through much diligence and much saving on Krista's part and praying and planning, our 19-year-old, we drove her to New York and she lived there for five years and she flourished. She grew spiritually. She grew as a human um, it was an amazing life experience for her, and it was what she was designed to do. But it came through wisdom. It came through us as parents acknowledging in that moment that what we thought, you know, we're supposed to know how to tell you what to do because you're our child and you're at college age, but we didn't know. And it felt like a crisis, like we don't know. We, we could force her, you're going to go to, you're going to do... I have friends whose parents forced them to do some decisions about college. And then later on, they had some school loans for that college experience. And then they went on to do what they really knew where they were called to do. I knew to myself, I don't think I want to do that. I, I don't think I want to try to force a path for my child that feels right to me. Because that's not always walking in wisdom. It's about asking God to show her. And sometimes it's even as parents about us stepping out of the way and asking God to make his path clear. What I want to remind you of, you don't always know what's best. You have a source of wisdom. Ask him. Ask him. Young people, you want to make wise steps. You are surrounded by wisdom. Wisdom is in your home with your mother and your father Whoever is parenting you, you are living in wisdom. Ask them. They have abundant resources to give you. Please don't just ask your friends. I know you, you kind of want to, oh, I don't know if my parents, I don't want to ask my friends. Please ask your parents. You also are surrounded with wisdom in this church. Oh, my goodness. Almost any career field that you're thinking of, there's probably somebody in this church who has actual lived experience in that. Tap into it. And I extend that call to all of us. Wisdom resides in community. And the benefits of being in community, of packing boxes with people and going to the men's fire pit and sitting with women at Bible study and serving with children and being a part of choir rehearsal together is that in community, you gain wisdom. If you're someone preparing to get married, you've got lots of old married heads in here who would be happy to share some wisdom with you. 
If you're going to embark on having a child or finding a new career path, there's no reason when you are a part of the household of faith to step into that and not have tapped into the wisdom that's residing here. And again, for those who are a little bit older, whatever that might mean in an age for you, you are literally a storehouse of wisdom. Please share it. Please don't be afraid to share the wisdom that God has given you with those who are around you because they need to hear it. And this is a call for community. This is a call post-COVID for some of us and maybe some of you who are online who still kind of want to be a little siloed and kind of live your life tucked to yourself. Don't miss out on the wisdom that is available for all of us. Lady Wisdom offers herself as a priceless gift. Will you receive it? Will you let it enrich your life, light your path, and then will you pass it on? Let's pray. God, we are grateful that you are the source of wisdom. We are grateful that you give wisdom to us. Jesus, we acknowledge that you embodied wisdom as you walked this earth. And God, you have been so kind to give us your wisdom. And Lord, I pray for my brothers and my sisters that they would hear wisdom calling as they acknowledge that you are the source. Lord, if there's someone here today who needs to heed the warnings that wisdom has been trying to give and they've tried to stop their ears, Lord, may their ears be opened. Lord, I pray for that person who has so much wisdom to offer that they would gather in community and have opportunities to share their wisdom. I pray for our young people who need to receive the wisdom of their elders and the wisdom of those who have lived a little bit longer than them. God, I pray that they would be willing to listen, be willing to receive. God, we thank you for Lady Wisdom. We thank you that she is symbolic of great treasure. May we pursue her more than we pursue great riches. May we listen to her more than we listen to the voices around our culture who want to drag us down and many of whom are not even speaking your life to us, God. May we know when advice we're hearing is your wisdom or not for us. Thank you, God, for this precious gift of wisdom. We receive that gift from you today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. All of God's people said, amen. Amen. Okay, that's right. I'm supposed to close us out. So I just benedict you by saying be blessed, have a wonderful day, and again to all the moms and all those who are motherly, happy, happy Mother's Day. Have a blessed day, you all.